0: Welcome to Democracy Matters, the podcast of the James Madison Center for Civic Engagement at James Madison University. My name is Ethan Gardner. I'm a democracy fellow at the Madison Center. Today, I'm at the Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement Conference in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I am joined by two students from Rutgers University in Newark who are part of the university's honors living learning community. Joining us on this podcast is Anna Williams, a political science and anthropology major, uh, who's a senior in Yamie Gomez Castillo, a senior and majoring in public administration. To hi. start, <laughs> hello. <laughs> to start off, can you tell our listeners about what drew you to civic engagement on your campus and in your community?
1: Um, hi. Uh, well, it's great to be here. So, I this is actually my second year going to CLDE. Um, last year it was in it was in Anaheim, California, which was a really exciting experience because California is is like a place you see in the movies, but you mm-hmm. don't get to go to that often. Um, I was really inspired there and that was actually, that conference or meeting was the first, that was like the inspiration for what I started afterwards. And we'll talk about that more in a bit. But, um, so the reason I'm here this year is because I was a presenter and I got to go with uh, fellow co- colleagues and, and the HLLC team.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's great to be here too. Um, this is actually my first year at the conference and um, what drew me to civic engagement um, really started in my freshman year in college. Um, I, I always wanted to help my community um, and was always uh, really fueled and um, my, my heart was filled anytime that I helped someone right and saw them smile and, and knew the impact that I could make in their life. And I remember being a freshman and um, hearing about the student organization called them Cloud Kids. And they were having a community feeding where you would just pack lunches and hand it out to them. And I loved the idea of how simple it was to just help out people, right? And they didn't necessarily target um, um, the homelessness population, but they said, this is just a community feeding. Anybody that needs a lunch can have it. Um, and that was my first experience to civic engagement. And um, this conference has opened up so many ideas. And um, I heard about you know Anna's inspiration and my other um, colleagues and how they you know, we're blown away by all the the ideas that um, were presented here, so I had to come.
0: Awesome, well, it seems like we touched on this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you want to elaborate a little more on what brought you both out to um, CLDE this year.
1: Mm -hmm. So I guess elaborating on that, uh, Yemi mentioned Them Cloud Kids. Um, Mm -hmm. She is a prominent student organization leader on campus, and I was grateful and lucky to meet Yemi through that and also our program honors living learning community. Mm Um, so that's a dynamic scholarship program and also, uh, it's about redefining the concept of honors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it looks at students in a holistic way that doesn't just look at, you know, what their grades are or just what their SAT score is. Um, And it's given us a community to really empower ourselves. Uh, So back to student organizations, Um, Yamie's a student org leader and then I'm also a student org leader. So I started or I co-founded the Association of International Relations on campus. I'm sure you know because you're a poli-sci too or <laughs> among that. Um, but it's, you know, it's Model United Nations. Uh, we finally got the budget to go to conferences the past two semesters. And um, we serve as the United Nations and human rights organization on campus. So we've been able to do this awesome uh, uh, like programming, event planning, all that stuff. Um, so we were both given the opportunity to come out to CLDE as students to you know to be here to learn more um and just see what other people are doing in terms of getting you know getting uh, civic engagement out there mm-hmm. i hope that answers your question
0: yes it does <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah um similarly to anna we um um we're both inspired by the approach that HLLC has um, to revolutionizing honors and what that means, and they are always so supportive with um, with our ideas and um, with anything that we really bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we heard about this conference, um, I know that like hearing that there's actually a community of people that are coming together to discuss these ideas um, and to discuss like what um, civic engagement and democratic learning means. Um, I knew that I, I wanted to be in, in that conversation and um, really come here to listen and, and learn and hopefully take some of those ideas and inspiration back to, to campus.
0: Well, it sounds like both of you have a um, great reason to be here um, and looking in the past, the past couple of days with this conference, is there any experiences or insights you have learned at CLDE this year that you're seeking to bring back with you to your own university?
1: <laughs> <There are. laughs> so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but yesterday's sessions, the first, is it called plenary? The, the first plenary session, the opening session, um, There's there were three like keynote speakers. Um, our dean, Timothy Eatman, was one of them, but um, I was really inspired by all three of the speakers, um, specifically a Kenneth Threarden's speech. Um, which was it was like an emotional roller coaster <laughs> because um, you know the story he tells is one of empowerment in East St. Louis, Illinois, which is you know was a city that everyone thought was going to fail and predicted mm. that it would fail, and then over I think he said twenty years, mm-hmm. over twenty years they empowered it and you know completely changed the community around. Um, but what inspired me was that every few like minutes during his um, presentation, he would stop like criticize himself and criticize right. the work and be like you know he would say what is what are we actually doing here you know who is benefiting from this is it just the college students who you know are already coming from an, an advantageous and privileged perspective um, are we just making money off of poverty um, hmm. and those are that type of critical analysis is something that I found like super refreshing mm-hmm. um, and I've been looking for that all weekend, um, and just trying to seek that out and, and understand that. And it's been it's been really cool to to hear that in other people. Um, and I think that type of like critical analysis is so important for understanding who we are as student leaders, and then bringing that into you know engaging in democracy mm-hmm. later on.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the moments that was really inspiring for me was. Um, Actually, hearing our dean talk—I um, yeah. I know we hear those pep talks all the time—and uh, sometimes I forget you know, what, what, how impactful the work is um, that he's that he's doing. And um, I don't know. There was just a moment where he was talking about, um, you know, not being afraid to imagine, and, and um, I'm an advocate for. Uh, loving your inner child and letting it and embracing it (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and that's a big part of you know not letting that imagination die right and not listening to the people who project their fears onto you Um, and so when I think about democratic learning you know listening to that inner child is important and I had this like spark moment of of, of imagination and um, like he he really. Um, it, I don't know. He inspired me to to continue listening to that to that inner child and and believing in in what we're doing and not letting not letting those voices you know bring you down. Or,
0: you know, yeah, we've certainly heard a lot of um, really inspirational and very. Uh, fascinating discussions and speeches from many different scholars across the, across the board um, and to those two stories are very um, revealing at how important this conference is um, on the subject of uh, dr. eatman um, as you mentioned he spoke uh, yesterday at a session um, and he's the Dean of the Rutgers Newark honors living learning community uh, which both of you are are a part of Mm -hmm. Um, and he presented on the importance of imagination creativity in academics and on civic engagement programming Um, in your in both of your perspectives how has that emphasis played into your experiences with the honors program? Um,
1: So it's honestly it's been really amazing because we started off our, our first year as college students. We were taking a four-credit course, and it was a four hundred-level class (laughs) called "Local Citizenship in a Global World." Hmm. It was taught by um, a civil rights activist, Junius Williams, Hmm. Um, and you know, just like think of let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, (laughs) 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 Um, he's he's famous in Newark. Mm -hmm. He's 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 a Newark historian. What?
2: He's the Newark historian now. Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. a Newark
1: historian. Um, You know. We have this amazing person and we we are given these opportunities and resources to to learn and to like i said before critically think about things um so that has been empowering and then Mm -hmm. also just this this trip too um i i keep thinking about how lucky we are because you know dean eatman is he's you know he's a scholar he's a thinker he's all of these things but he's also an artist and a musician Mm. um so it's been really cool because I've never been in a program, and many people can speak to this, but like, how often can you just listen to music and like <laughs> pick cool songs on Spotify and show them to your dean and vice versa, um, and have him like tease you about your taste of music or <laughs> or share cool jazz bands? Um, that's I mean that sounds like a small anecdote and it is in some ways, but also that's so empowering because. It's about like recognizing the human story and the human connection, um, and I think that that's something that HLLC does really well.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I coming into college, I didn't have had no expectations. I didn't know what it was gonna be like. I was the first one in my family, so to me, I didn't really have somebody you know guiding me through these things or through FAFSA, all those all those programs, uh, all those systems, and um, the support, like really, that yeah. HLC gives you is—I don't think you, you really see it in other in other programs on campuses. Like Anna was saying, you know, the fact that we can just share music with him and talk to him and know that he's re- he really cares he um, is super empowering. You feel that, you know what I mean? And it motivates you to be that person for other people. Um, uh, HLC, yeah, it's it's really amazing. I don't, I don't. Even, even so, the local. Okay, so for example, the courses, right? The courses already introduce you on how to think, not how to think, but um, pose critical questions on your position in the world, what it means, how it impacts people. Um, uh, you know, and, and how people look at you because of, of your identities, right? So we had a class called Navigating Spaces, Places, and Identities, um, and so one of the exercises was that we would put post-its on the on the wall about, um, like, you know, um, who you are in in all the f- the facets, right? Of your shape, your um, your uh, size, your uh, ethnicity, um, socioeconomic backgrounds, but you nev- you didn't put a name. Mm-hmm. You just you just put them on the on the wall, and, and you saw like this in this diversity of people um, coming together, and what that creates is it releases us of the stigmas that we have of people, um, and allows us to really connect with each other, um, and then from that we start having conversations about well how do all of these identities um, like how how do these identities um, no how do we navigate the world with these identities um and what do people you know think about them and where do these thoughts come from like how are they influenced and um how can we take those uh at times antiquated ideologies and begin to transform them and redefine them mm-hmm.
0: that certainly um seems like a very unique uh, college experience to mm-hmm. both that of you, uh, both <laughs> of you have gotten through um this living learning community and it seems like there's a lot of through coursework and the projects you guys um have done seems like it, there's a lot of, of work being done that's not true of many programs across um, across the country and to go into a couple of those um s- some of those uh some of the work you guys have done i wanted to start with you anna um you had presented on a n- newly implemented program to boost the connection and coordination between uh, the Rutgers Newark Student Governing Association and student organization leaders Um, and as a member of my own student government association at JMU um, I'm curious to hear about um, the work it took to implement that program and what impact you've seen on campus as a result
1: Um, okay yeah so a quick story time Mm -hmm. I said that uh, okay I'll start with this last year same time um, uh, another HLLC scholar and I, Madeline, we were sitting in our hotel room um, at the CLDE conference. And we're both feeling super inspired about you know everything we learned, we're like ready to get out there, go. And I say to her, I should run for SGA president. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you should, you really <laughs> should. And then you know it was like seven minutes of super excitement. You know, I'm gonna plan my campaign, I'm gonna get posters, it's gonna be great, and I'm trying to come up with a campaign statement. <laughs> like any good political science, So then I call my boyfriend, Gabe, and I tell him, I'm going to be the next SGA president. Like, this is (laughs) happening. And he says, why would you do that? Like, that's a terrible idea. (laughs) Um, And so the reason, you know, it it didn't quite work is his point point was, you know, you have this amazing organization, Association of International Relations. You co-founded it. You started it from nothing. And arguably, you do better work. Um, advocacy work, you know, bringing speakers in, um, helping students, and bringing them connections to the United Nations. Why would you leave that to go fix something that you would be a figurehead for, that you don't appreciate or like working with? Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, okay, (laughs) fair point. Um, And then Maddie and I are sitting there and, you know, we're saying, oh my goodness, you know, if only there were a way that we could harness the power of student organization leaders and be some kind of union. and you know, lobby the student government, but also work with them. You know, communicate better, and then focus, refocus our energy on you know the Rutgers administration. And then I said because student orgs are the heart and soul of Rutgers campus. Hmm. And then I started playing around. and I'm like, soul, student organizations union, union of leaders. And then so that's the acronym <laughs> for soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's where soul soul started. Um, I got back from the conference and. I started writing emails, started uh, calling student leaders that I knew. Jamie was one of them. Jamie mm-hmm. and Madeline from Them Cloud Kids. And I said, oh my God, guys, have this idea. Will you be co-founders of this org, or of this union? Um, and I basically gave everyone, I just asked people if they were free to call for like five minutes. <laughs> and I just like cold called as many people and student leaders as I could. And people were actually excited about it. Um, and then I emailed uh, the Dean of Student Life, and I was like, hey, this is happening. We're gonna do this. Um, thank goodness they were like student life was very supportive of us. They they could have not been, mm. but they were, which was really great. And I think that's because they recognize that there there has been a disconnect between right. the student government and students. Um, so it was it was really helpful in that sense. So now we have this really successful model of um, of advocacy for student organizations, where we use. And you saw my poster, but we mm-hmm. use like we use this website called Kialo.com. Um, it's a discussion and debate website because you know none of us have time, right? So we can't meet during you know once a week or every other week. Um, but as problems arise, student org leaders they'll post their concerns on the website, and you can like it, you can comment, you can do all these things. And then at the end of the semester, we vote on each of those uh, theses that were made, and then those theses get. Uh, they get voted on, and then they get put onto the declaration of statements that get, that gets approved and signed by all of our student organizations. Once it gets approved, it gets sent to um, the student governing association and also the office of student life and leadership. Um, and you know, we send a nice email saying, you know, these are recommendations that this many student leaders believe in, um, so that that changes the. Um, it changes the issues a little bit, so that the student government is focusing on things that actually matter. You know, they're not running; candidates aren't running on issues of increasing diversity at the most diverse mm. campus in the country. <laughs> um, they're not running on increasing or bettering parking in a city. Um, th- these are practical challenges like funding, um, office hours for student life advisors, uh, things like that. Mm. So. I guess fast forward to today. Um, I submitted that proposal to C L D E and I said, you know, this is this I would love to present this and they said, Okay, why don't you come and make a poster board session out of it? Um, and yeah, that's the story.
0: <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Um and it really touches on the importance of a lot of uh, the work that C L D E has emphasized in terms of engagement. Yeah. And I just wanted to know if you had a little more um, thoughts on you mentioned a lot how the how in your words student organizations are the soul of your campus, yeah. mm-hmm. and what kind of role that student organizations have, like play in civic engagement, in your experience on your campus or broadly?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So Rutgers New York has over a hundred student organizations, um, and we cater to so many things. So we have, you know, fraternities and sororities. We have, uh, we have Association of International Relations. Mm-hmm. We have different cultural groups. We have um,
2: law societies. Yeah, pre-law mm-hmm. societies.
1: Um, you know medical societies, right. MAPS, all these different groups, um, and they're all representative of what students want and need. You know, they're representative mm-hmm. of students' needs. Um, so I always found that sometimes, if you're not a part of a student org, you know, you're, less, you're like less connected to the campus community mm-hmm. because you know, when we, 10 years from now, if we're all having like a cup of tea talking <laughs> about college, what are we talking mm-hmm. about? Our student orgs, the work we did, not the classes we sat in. Right, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always think, you know, I (laughs) have said this to some of my advisors, which is not a good thing. But I obvious, I I arguably have learned more about politics and international relations from starting my organization than I have from sitting in class. Mm. And that's just how it is, like that hands-on experience. Um, So as far as like advocacy work that organizations do, um, Rutgers Newark I think does a really good job of that in terms of like getting students to come and vote. We just did a really successful initiative last last year, last fall, called the Ballot Bowl, where we competed with um, different universities in New Jersey. Um, and the whole idea was who can register as many people to vote. And Newark won, Rutgers Newark won, because you know we're, we're really good at engaging the campus community. Mm. Um, so. I don't remember your question entirely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that could have definitely covered it. Okay, um, yeah. cool. Yeah, but um, it's
1: important work.
0: Right. So absolutely. Definitely very important. Yeah,
2: and it's um just to add to that, it's the students' voice. Yes. I think that's why you you know we won the the ballot. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of these organizations are started by the students. Like no advisor goes up to somebody and says like, hey, like you should s- start doing this. It's no you know their own passion for it um, that makes them bring people together. Um, and Soul is a Phenomenal nominal example of that. Mm-hmm. It really is.
0: Yeah, It seems like just a remarkable example of student organizations doing what, the, the, what they're best at, mm-hmm. uh, essentially, and as a student involved in many organizations on my own campus, I definitely resonate with a lot of what was said um, about the importance of these different organizations. You've worked to create multiple art initiatives um, that, with, su- with the support of the Honors Living Learning Community at Rutgers Newark to elevate the voices of various underrepresented groups in your community. Mm-hmm. Um, in your experience, what role does art play in civic and community engagement?
2: Hmm. Like Anna said earlier, it's, t- uh, Dean Eatman is, is a thinker, he's an educator, he understands the school system, but he has an artist's heart. Um, and we bonded over that. Uh, I'm a musician as well. Um, and, you know, uh, to me, the world is, uh, is like it's a canvas, right? Um, and, uh, and I've always been a big believer that you can make anything happen if you really believe in it. Um, and that's part of art, right? Imagining it, thinking about something and then translating that into music, into um, a painting, into a dance, it's, in its expression. Um, and so with I'm with I'm Visible and Healing Sounds of Newark, um, when I was thinking about you know what what my community needed, I I reflected, you know, and I thought about about my my friends and, and the people that I hang out with and HLLC and um, with I'm Visible I I thought about my immigrant community and I thought about how, you know, growing up it was really scary to even say that word, to you know, to to own it. Um, and then I started meeting all of these like, incredible minds, all these um, young students from Beringer High School who, who were expressing their journeys and, and their stories right in canvases. And you would talk to them and their stories are incredible. You wouldn't believe that they went through it because they're so mature about it and they're so po- like, positive uh, about their futures and they don't let that hold them down. So I, I knew that through art, through artistic expression, they could liberate themselves from these, um, not only from you know from from trauma that, that migration can cause, but also from, but also they could empower themselves right through through those experiences, um, and feel that, uh, th- you know, whatever people may say about them or may um, call them, that at the end of the day they own their story, and they believe in it, and they use that to help others as well, um, and with healing sounds of Nork. We saw a platform at Clemens Place, right? Um, talk about, Newark is so historic, actually. It's a great, it's an amazing city. I just wanna plug that in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's always been a jazz city, right? We've had like Billie Holiday walk our streets and Sarah Vaughn is, is, is Newark bred. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. Um, and so we had this place with at Clemens Place. Um, Dean Eamon actually came uh, to me and a couple other HLC students and he said, listen, we have this great opportunity. Um, Come in, come in with a proposal, and I thought about, hmm, like, what do we need in HLLC or at Rutgers Newark? And immediately, this idea came to me about um, creating a space to address social issues using our voice. Right? It's mm-hmm. like storytelling. Storytelling is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, and there's so many stories at Rutgers Newark, uh, in the Newark community in general, that need to be heard. And so. I thought about all the artists, all my artist friends who are always like str- struggling to find a platform to hear their amazing songs, and I thought, hey, why don't I contribute and and you know make space and make that platform for them, um, and also for anybody, right, that just wants to say something that is inspired in hearing something that day in the crowd and comes up and like writes a poem or shares a word. That's important too, right? That's part of sharing. Um, so to me the role that art plays in civic engagement is um, much like Dean Eatman says, right? It's part of imagining. It's part of challenging what has been, what will people say you can't do, right? It's, it's challenging the borders and limitations that we build for ourselves by reimagining it into something that may seem impossible until it's done
0: it's a really remarkable story about um, the importance of of those two sometimes what it looks what gets looked at as separate ideas of civic engagement and art Mm -hmm. but are as you talked about very much can be connected absolutely Um, and you talk a bit about some of the the um, barriers and or differences uh when you're when you're looking at all this kind of work and these Mm -hmm. stories that are being told or stories that are not being heard and what motivated you to see the kind of the connections between um, the between art, uh, as you're talking about it, and storytelling with mm-hmm. um, something like civic engagement? And you're mm. obviously a public administration major, right? And seeing <laughs> the connections, um, obviously, a lot of times the arts gets put in a separate category yeah. from other disciplines yeah. academically and otherwise. Um, and so, how did you ha- what what kind of open your eyes to the to the connections that you could see with between those types of disciplines? Mm,
2: two things actually. Um, Public art was one of the first things, I think, before even the student organization. Um, in Newark, there's a lot of beautiful murals everywhere, um, like in most cities. And it took a while. I, I remember just like driving up to school, to high school, and seeing them, right? And thinking about what they meant, what motivated, or like what inspired the person, the artist, to, to make them. And as I started learning more about um, movements across the world of, of resistance, public art always came up. We look at the Berlin Wall. You look at um, even the border right now, right in Southern California and Texas. Th- all these artists are coming and drawing, um, drawing what they feel, how it, you know, how it, all these raw emotions onto these walls. And it's not, it's not about, you know, going viral or <laughs> or anything mm, yeah. like that. It's it's about expressing that pain, right, with the possibility that someone will see it and that it'll spark something in them, that it'll make them think that they can relate to it, that it will make them uh, visible, right? That it won't just erase what's happening. Um, So that was one of the first introductions to me, that um, something as simple as like a Banksy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a Banksy uh, drawing uh, on a wall could make someone stop and engage, and then bring that back to their work. and to their schools, to to whatever it may be, um, and with them, cloud kids, you know, believing in um, believing in a philosophy like Ubuntu, where you can connect people with compassion and kindness. Art, the art sort of comes in perfectly with that, um, because. It's about vulnerability, being vulnerable enough to to share with someone, to empathize with them, to listen to them. Um, um, so yeah, as public art was still definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and with public administration, um, what we learned a lot about at um, Spa, Rutgers, Newark, was leadership, right? And what it means to be a leader and, and what it means to put your constituency your belief first before glory, right, before like self-gain. And um, for me, I saw that connection first when I could see student organizations like them Cloud Kids um, and all the other, honestly, organizations on campus um, use open mics, use like sipping, uh, Sip and paints, and um, all of these creative activities to bring people together, but to also get them going and to start conversations. Um, and so that really inspired me, right, to, to to start creating my own programs and to start. Um, Creating my own events that I could bring people out together, and that we can have conversations about, um, you know, immigration. That we can have conversations about mental health and and, and what healing or communal healing looks like. Um, we recently just had an event uh, with Healing Sounds of Newark on AIDS awareness and um, status disclosure and breaking that stigma, and um, the fact that we could then have artists come up and, you know. Um, uh, do their poetry and sing and um, express how that made them feel, you it sort of broke the ice and the tension. You know what I mean? And people were more open to talking about status disclosure, something that we don't really talk about, um, after they saw a documentary, after they were able to put themselves in their shoes, right, and that wouldn't be possible without, without art, without breaking that vulnerability.
0: the question we used to always end the Democ- Democracy Matters podcast, which is, what would each of you do to strengthen democracy?
1: When, when I heard this question, I was thinking of a couple of things. First, what does that mean, right? Strengthening democracy where? Is it, are we talking mm. about on campus? Are we talking about in local communities or on a, you know, on a government scale or even an international scale? Um on a campus level, I think that, you know, Jamie and I have really, and you, too, we've all talked about um, what our engagement on campus looks like and why that's important for democracy. Um, I think Seoul is a really healthy model for what positive lobbying looks like. You know, when you think of lobbyists, uh, you think of, like, DC politics. You think of dark money, things that aren't um, as attractive. Um, but with, with models like Soul or models of student empowerment, you start to bring out transparency, um, you know, democracy, communication, and things that we all want to see. I think that's a really good point. So I think that I think that you know, being a student leader, as um, you know, on campus, is a really healthy way to start, um, and that's sort of indicative of what you'll be like in the future. Hopefully, all of us, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the local community, I think that there is a way to, you know, as a student leader, right, bridge your gap, um, bridge the gap between the community and then also the campus. So Jamie talks a lot about that, but um, them Cloud Kids is they're a nonprofit group in Newark, um, which is amazing. Um, you know, the Association of International Relations. We have this is we started uh, the one on Newark campus, but there's one in New Brunswick there is model united nations organizations across the united states mm. um, and that's so empowering because it's teaching first of all you know model un goes from middle school all the way until college and then hopefully we all get you know invited to the un to work there <laughs> that's the dream right but that type of that type of work teaches people public speaking it teaches about peace and studying conflict um, you know, how to have productive conversations so that your first answer isn't to, you know, uh, to jump the gun, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, but more so to to make treaties and work with people because that's, that's important. Um, we talked a lot about sharing stories, and that's important, too, understanding where people are at um, and not telling them where they should be at. Right. Which is why anthropology is so important. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I guess on a... On a national level, um, I touched just like thinking critically. Uh, what I've been thinking a lot about recently, when policies come out, is why. wanting um, that question and why is so important. I hope that I hope that every person that is like in liberal arts always has that question, you know. But um, for myself, for democracy and strengthening it, I I want to challenge people to ask questions of you know who does this support. You know, why is this in the news right now? Um, maybe it's a little bit cynical. <laughs> but it's also really important because, um, you know, things aren't always as they seem. And also just, I don't know, we have to be really, in, in this time, we have to be really smart about what we, what we um, put time towards. Mm. You know, um, in the future? Who knows about strengthening democracy? <laughs> um, I, uh, no, I don't mean that in a in a terrible what's gonna happen way. Like I think that we should all be empowered to to go on and do great things. I might run for office. Who knows, right? Um, work for the State Department, do the whole diplomacy thing. Hopefully, be employed. <laughs> that that would be a dream. That is all our dreams. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> pay off those student loans. Um, but then also, like throughout my career, challenge people to to. Question to just always ask questions Mm -hmm. of why. Why is it actually like that? Mm -hmm. Who does this really benefit? Um, But yeah, strengthening democracy.
0: Right. (laughs) Thank you, Anna, for the answer. Mm -hmm. Do you have thoughts on that question?
2: Yeah. I think, Anna, you did a great job covering (laughs) a lot of it. Um, uh, But uh, I guess just to to simply add on, when we ask those questions, it's also really important to listen to the answers, right? Um, and as I've emphasized, the importance of storytelling and, and sharing your story and owning it. Um, listen to what people have to say, not but listen. Don't listen just to like rebuttal and you know fire back, not but somebody. right. Listen to understand, um, and be okay if it makes you feel uncomfortable, right? Because that'll start the conversation, yeah. and hey, we'll go on there, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, thank you both of you um, for for joining me today with the Democracy Matters uh, podcast. Um, It's been great to talk about um, the perspectives of students from a. From, from such a remarkable uh, program with the Rutgers Newark Honors Living Learning Community, um, and hear about the important work being done on your campuses and your experiences, and um, the importance of, of, of all this work, and um, hearing about perspectives of how important this conference, uh, the Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement Conference, um, really is. It seems like all of us have come out of this experience inspired by mm-hmm. um, the work, the speakers who've heard, the work being done that's been shared by many people here, um, and I hope that um, this kind of work can, can be taken into the future with our own experiences and going back to our own campuses to make, make a real difference. So thank you, Anna, and mm-hmm. uh, for, thank you uh, for joining <laughs> today, and thank you.
2: Hi, podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Democracy Matters. Editing and production was done by the talented and tenacious Leah Jackson, a senior in the School of Media Arts and Design at James Madison University. Our digital guru, Randy Budnickis, Director of Digital Marketing at JMU, does the syndication for us. Our theme song is Sometimes It Shines by Pictures of the Floating World. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can tweet your questions and ideas to us at JMU Civic, and we'll address them in a future episode. You can also connect and engage with us on Facebook at JMU Civic. Learn more about the Madison Center online at jmu.edu civic. Until next time.